hello and welcome to our podcast. I am Marisa. And I am Ariana. And we're you're such a weirdo. <laughs> I'm trying I'm it, well I don't feel you like opening this one like all chipper and oh hello, we're Krollmeister sisters. It's gonna be a disappointing this is gonna be a depressing one. Okay. We're the Krollmeister sisters. Somber. And we're the Krollmeister sisters. As a reminder, this podcast is rated T for teen for strong language and I don't know, this is probably gonna be death mentioned. And yeah. drinking references. Suicide probably is yeah. going to come up. Yeah. yeah, so adult themes. If you don't want adult themes, if you just want, you know, straight up Nancy Drew action, then go, go listen to Unlocked. They've got, you know, they got interesting people they interview and stuff. Probably. Yeah. What are you, what's going on here? I'm just playing with something. I, yeah. <clears throat> okay. It's good. It's fine. <laughs> It's fine. So, what is the depressing topic of the day, sister? Today, we are talking about our top five most heartbreaking characters. These are characters where you think about their story and you just kind of sigh. <laughs> you sigh, you occasionally burst into tears, just, you know... You know. Just every once in a while. <laughs> you use that, that clip of Marge coming up to Lisa and going, What's well, what's wrong? Is one of what's upsetting one of your fi- favorite fictional characters <sighs> or whatever it is? Yeah. Something happening to one of your fi- fictional characters or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So we're gonna let's start just... we actually we actually ranked these. These are not in no particular order. We ranked yeah, these, these. Yeah. We ranked so, these in order of how sad they make us. Number five on our list is Alexei Markovich from Alibi in Ashes. Yeah. Um, so you might be like, okay, what's so heartbreaking about this character? Um, okay. He was... Well, let's just start with like describing yeah. who he is as a human being. He is a potential future for Nancy. He was the golden boy detective yep. who was in the spotlight he was you know and then because he happened to you know point the finger at the wrong person well technically the his, right person in, but well no the right person but the wrong person in terms of his life yeah um, and he got his, his life entire life imploded yeah his entire life was ruined by this corrupt politician which like ain't that the truth ain't that the way of it ain't that the way it goes so he we will probably adopt a lot of random voices and accents in order to mask our own ups- our own uh, emotions in this one. <laughs> Ain't that just the way? Um, that but he is he was if you guys don't remember, Alexi was what Nancy is now. He was the you know what what I'm just I'm just reminding uh-huh. I'm just reminding okay. It's not exactly what you just said. Okay. You're so mean to me. <laughs> but what makes us so sad about him is, is that, that we're seeing. <laughs> well, it's first off, he lost so much of his youth to being in the spotlight to begin with. He didn't get to be a normal child. He was the boy detective. He was the magnificent Markovich. That's what it was. He, for like 10 years, he was this, you know, kid solving mysteries and being treated more like an adult than a kid. 
in a lot of he's it. Like Rusty Venture. Yes. He's Rusty Venture. In a way. So then he gets, like, he has this awesome opportunity in life set out for him. And it gets just completely fucking ruined. And then, of course, it's like, oh, why is he so bitter at Nancy? Well, it's because Nancy's dad is the one that fucking prosecuted him. And then it's just like... Shit on the life of, what, like a 20-something-year-old, maybe? Yeah, he was 20. Let's say at the oldest he was tw- he was 20? He was 20 when it happened. Okay, so he was basically Nancy's age. Yeah. When his entire life was shat upon and just left to crumble. Yeah, he lost his livelihood. He lost any future, um, I think it was like scholarships or something. All because this one guy says he stole something from them. And that because they could never find the thing. It was a magnifying glass or something. They could never find it. He was like, it was pretty much like, well, if you can't, if no one can find it, then I guess it had to have been you. And I'm like, that's not how law works. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. You have to prove beyond reason of doubt. Exactly. Reasonable doubt. Yeah. So it's, and then because it's a fucking small town. For the rest of, like, he's, like, in his 50s mm-hmm. in Alibi and Ashes, and people are still treating him like he's, I don't know, like... Like, he's some, he's some social pariah, because he... Ugh. It's, it's insane. Oh, we trusted you, and you, you betrayed this town's trust. It's like... It's like those people who, like, after a couple of generations still hate on a family. Yeah. You know? It's it's like in Riverdale. There's this whole thing where it the the anyway. Never mind. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why just and then just talking to Alexi, it's like he's such a relatable character too. He's so yeah. fucking bitter, and it's just he's he's salty as fuck. He is. I would be too. <laughs> but yeah, and I'm just ugh. <sighs> yeah, it's just like the world just sort of turned its back on him and, and, and he had to suddenly see that they're all assholes. Get it? Because they turned their back so that he sees assholes. I'm clever. You know, Stop rolling your eyes at me. I'm clever. <laughs> but yes, that's why we find Alexei Markovich as a heartbreaking character. He's a heartbreaking character because he may take it in stride, but god damn, his life could have been so much different. Yeah. And it sucks. Because yeah. he can see where it would have been different. Yep. So, number four on our list of top <laughs> five most heartbreaking characters is Moira Chisholm from um, The Silent Spy. Uh, Moira, honestly, she's just kind of like a, a she's just kind of a, a, a rude woman until you she's you could you, she's she's cold and she's snippety and you're like oh why are we talking to this woman but uh, you read the in the journal the letters to kate after kate had already died oh my god it's so depressing and just in general it's like so moira one has to deal with the fact that her like best friend is was killed um and on top of that it's partially her fault that kate died i mean i mean it's not like 
super her fault, but she led Kate to believe that she was being protected. That she, had, she had protection. That she had a, yeah. During the safety net when she didn't. So Kate probably did some things she wouldn't have if she had not thought that she was being protected. Oh, let's face it. She was Nancy's mother. She would have taken those risks anyway. That's true. But Moira, how Moira thinks of it is probably that it's her fault. Um, Not probably anything. She fucking thinks that it's 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 100% her fault. And then she gets Nancy showing up there. Nancy, who looks exactly like Kate, she sees like, oh, her. hello, ghost of my best friend standing in front of me. And, and you know, one, one, she has this moment of, oh, I miss Kate so much. And two, it's Nancy is this adult now, and she knew her as a, as a baby. And she, when she lost her best friend, she also lost access to watching Nancy grow up. And it's just, that must be so upsetting. <laughs> It's really upsetting uh, to see this person who you last saw when they were just toddling around and then suddenly they're a grown up and it's, you go, oh my God, this is all this time that I, the the thing with children (laughs) is they are a physical manifestation of time. Yeah. If you know them from the start or you anywhere close to the start, you see them as this physical manifestation of time that has passed. And so she just sees, oh my God, this is how far my grief has matured yeah this is how far all <laughs> jesus christ this was a terrible idea <laughs> it's just and that's and then like back to those those letters and it's just so heartbreaking reading those you're gone you've been gone and i'm just like <laughs> i'll keep writing to you even though i know you won't be reading this <laughs> Fuck you, her. I didn't need this shit. That game was so depressing. So upsetting. Which is why Reese has played it once, maybe twice. I've played it twice, I think. And I have gone back and played it again and again because apparently I need to be depressed. You're a glutton for punishment. (laughs) That I am. Oh, so yeah, that's... Now that I'm done, I'm going to wipe my tears off yeah, and move on to the we, next. We literally both just, we don't <laughs> sound, we're like laughing through it, but we literally just both burst into tears. So, okay. uh, next on our list is two people, but they have Jesus. the same point. <clears throat> Get ready for more tears. They have the same point of why they're depressing characters. Um, so, Miwako and Yumi. Um... Do we ever get a last name for them? I couldn't remember. I think we do. I just don't remember it. Let me look. Okay. But Miwako and Yumi from... Um, Shadow at the Water's Edge. Yeah, Shadow at Water's Edge. Uh, oh, Shimisu. Shimisu. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I know, anyway. It's because they don't ever say it in the way that you yeah. would. So it doesn't come before their their yeah. first name. So I'm just like, <gasps> but um, Yes. So, these are girls whose mother died. Yes. And it just royally fucked up their lives. I think um, it's... Hoy. So, it's so, so depressing. I, like... They're, they're not at all the only 
characters in a Nancy Drew game to lose their mother, nor Obviously are they the not. only characters in the in, in a Nancy Drew game to lose their mother young. But the thing holy is, shit. is they didn't lose her that young. That's what's so terrible about it is that they were fourteen and fifteen, right? Because Miwok was only a year younger than Yumi. I think so. I think and so. so at age fifteen, Yumi found her mother's body. Yumi found her dead mother. And that's just like so traumatizing. And it's just so upsetting. And they. (laughs) And then there's the circumstances around her death. And the worst part, okay. We have not, we we make it no secret that we believe she committed suicide. Yeah. You know. We believe that. But the thing is, absolutely nobody else believes it. And so, like, everybody else claims some kind of responsibility. Yeah. And it is horrible when the girls claim their, some kind of responsibility and they have their own guilt and their own trauma to go with it. Because they were just kids. They were. They were just little girls. And then, okay, not little girls, but, you know, they I were know. teenagers. And they're just, so much of their lives just change so drastically with that like like Miwako was just the reason she can't leave the inn is because largely due to the fact that it's just like no I I have to be here I have to you know uh, she she's she's in suspended animation pretty much because it's 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 not arrested development so much as just suspended she she because she continues to you know be and continues to go but like she just can't leave this anchor and it's horrible yeah and then Yumi is just so traumatized by it all she wants nothing to do with the inn at all it is completely opposite she doesn't she just doesn't want to be reminded of of any of that for one thing and the other thing just she feels trapped there and she feels trapped there with the ghost of her mother which is amazing because her mother felt trapped there yeah, and it's just, it's so, when you see, like, read the letters that Kasumi wrote, and it seems like Yumi was probably more like Kasumi than Miwaka was. Mm-hmm. So, it's just. It doesn't help that their grandmother is clearly, like, pushing her own views of yeah. who their mother was and her own views of who she's they just should rewriting, be. She's rewriting mm-hmm. the history of who Kasumi was and everything surrounding all of that. And she's just the only one. Sit to, do you ever just want to sit to Kai down and just be like, look, you are fucking with people's lives here, woman. <laughs> oh, God. No, because she just never stops talking. She never shuts the fuck up. Sorry. It's <laughs> forever to say everything. <laughs> I was rereading some of the stuff that we posted, and one of them was um, while Andrew and I were playing um, Secret Water's Edge, Shadow Water's Edge, sorry. Um, and he goes, he, go, he says um, something like, this is, why, this is why writing was invented. Just write it down. It takes the same <laughs> amount of time for you to write it. as <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, that's um, what's so sad and just heartbreaking about me. Like, and it, and it the drives the, game, the sisters apart. And yes. It- at the end of the game, we get some resolution, a little bit of a resolution, 
And even that they spent all that time. Yeah, they spent like at least five years just barely speaking because of everything. And it just... Because of things completely beyond their control. But they felt like... But it was just the ripples in the water that just... They happened to be too close to the stone dropping in. Which... The stone is their mother. <laughs> what? I'm gonna be fucking real here. <laughs> it's stopping me from crying right now. Okay. 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 So, so yeah, number two, this the one and two were very very close for us. Um, we had a very tough time. So we're gonna say that our number two is Fiona Malloy. From the Castle Malloy. Yeah. Um, this shouldn't need explanation, but we're uh, going to anyway. Oh my god, as a small child, wasn't isn't it that her father's workshop blew up and mm-hmm. decimated the castle? So mm-hmm. her family died and no one knew she didn't. And so from no the one age actually of like, bothered looking for her from either. From the age of like seven to the age of like seventy, <laughs> she lived alone. <laughs> And raised herself. It's just, oh my god. <laughs> this is so depressing. This is a terrible idea, sister. And the worst part is, I just, she's, uh, okay. So she raised herself in this little hut in the middle of a bog. Isn't it like? A bog that is deadly. A bog that if you misstep, you die. Like, like as Nancy, if we misstep, we have to go back and second chance it. So um, she had to know it very well the entire time, isn't it and she implied that she actually, like, there was a, a someone who raised her partially from the bog. Mm-mm. I don't I have believe to go so. Look it up. No, as far as I remember, she just kind of had all of her. Um... <sighs> yes, no, um, she did. She went to live with a hermit who had previously owned the hut. Oh, good. Hermits are so well yes. known for. Raising little girls well and and freaking... By the time we get to her, she has no language skills anymore. Yeah, because obviously the hermit probably only lived like maybe 10 years at the most. You know? It's like she was thought to have perished in the explosion in 1944. She just... She's in this tattered old dress and 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 she's all like scraggly and and, and skinny and sad and and she speaks in grunts and yeah. her only companions are crows or ravens or whatever um yeah yeah um, and then speak about the fact that there's all that shit written in her room and it was already there no, when she was a little girl that's my question though is was that already there or did she go back and do some of that no, no, because we see her writing, don't we? And it's like still like scrawly, yeah, like she's true. a little seven year old. Yeah. So because I I doubt hermits. Yeah, because because she goes she goes up to the tower and she um edits the um the family tree. Yeah. She adds so. the crows to it <laughs> because they're her family now. <sighs> Why? Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> This is horrible. And then poor little girl. She, her goes entire and she life adds in the names of the crows over the years. So every time, every time so, yes. a crow dies, she, 
the kidneys are her only friends, and crows don't live as long, and so she had to have gone through like dozens of crow companions. Oh my the God. only thing I can hope is there were ones that she couldn't actually tell apart. So she thought that they lived for like a couple of decades when in fact they lived for a few years each. Oh God, it's just so sad. It's so upsetting. Just <sighs> I hate this subject, sister. Why did we do this? Because it's good. This is good. People like listening to us crying over over microphones. Yes, obviously, that's what they come for. They yeah. come for the. They come. For, they come for the tears. They come for the pain. <laughs> okay, I don't. Uh, you're gonna need to rephrase that shit. Um, <laughs> Whatever. So yeah, Fiona is depressing person number two on our list. <laughs> our list of heartbreaking characters. And topping it off, <laughs> topping it off at number one is Harper Thornton, who is, in our opinion, the most heartbreaking character in the Nancy Drew games. Um, I could easily argue that Fiona is more heartbreaking, but we don't really get to know Fiona now, do we? She's no. this sad, like, person who doesn't speak in and but. Harper, we get to hear how she's dealt with everything, and it's... It's not well. It's not well. Not well adjusted, no. No, no, no. I I, I don't know why she's not well adjusted having spent the majority of her life in an institution. Yeah. Because, you know, (sighs) they couldn't handle certain... They couldn't just, you know, deal with her. It's just like... Okay, start from the beginning. Okay. The fact that her parents are dead. Parents died when she was young. Because when whose parents don't die in Nancy Drew games? But then then her older sister dies, and then after her older sister dies, her cousin tries to commit suicide, and when it doesn't work, blames it on her and gets her institutionalized. Because Clara is so. Embarrassed at the fact that she tried to commit suicide, she goes, oh, Harper pushed me. And Harper's like, What? But you can tell that just after a, after a certain point, she went, Yeah, okay, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, nope, yeah, oh, of course it was me because I'm the villain. I'm what everybody wants to blame. That's perfectly fine. Just, you know, just go ahead, blame me. <sighs> okay, I can get through this. But, I mean, uh, okay, everybody hurt at the loss of Charlotte. Yeah. Everybody did, because she was this bright, you know, force in everybody's lives. She was the, the, the good Thornton. Although, that's very upsetting, because Harper and Wade are not bad people. They are but not. No, I, I just keep going. Um, but um, then she was, A, Harper's only like direct family yes there were the other thorntons but she was her direct family immediate that's the word i'm looking for yeah and she was her favorite person in the world (laughs) and she's just gone oh my god the most heartbreaking line oh my god she was perfect in everyone everyone's eyes even mine i wanted to be her when i grew up but then one day i was older than my older sister and older still today (laughs) 
every single time. <laughs> horrible. The first time we played this game, I feel like we had to stop playing for a little bit because that line. Oh, God. It's just <laughs> too fucking real. Horrible. Because it's like... Ugh. That's always a... And the fact that everybody that, that everybody loved her so much and that she's she was such a star means that she's frozen in this this position. So the further the older she gets, the further away she is from her sister. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. And then she sees Jessalyn. Yeah. And and Jessalyn is supposed to be this next heart this is Harper. This next um Charlotte. Charlotte. And so she just like throws all of that Charlotte onto her and wants to like take care of her and wants to like pull her from the toxicity that is the Thornton line and and just loses her shit doing so and <laughs> I'm just everything about Harper hurts it does it hurts me between her loss and and her mental state and the fact that her mental state could have possibly been avoided yeah. if people had just spoken to her instead of sending her away, which is not an unheard of thing in certain um, types of families, especially in um, like big families in the South. You know, just sending that one that one family member away just because you don't want to deal with them. Yeah, pretty much. <sighs> she just makes every part of me hurt. Yeah, pretty much. But pretty much. I hate this. Why did we do this, sister? I'm gonna uh, go like I I sobbed, it's fine. So that's our list of the our top five most heartbreaking characters in the Nancy Drew games. Um if we missed one, please inform us if of someone you think should have been on this list by um I will fight you because I don't want to hear anything sadder. Please. <laughs> Please leave it as a comment on our YouTube, SoundCloud, Tumblr, or Twitter. And we'll tell you if you're wrong or not. <laughs> Happily. We'll tell you why Harper's sadder. <laughs> That's pretty much my main point uh, here at this point is Harper is the saddest. Everybody needs to shut up. <laughs> Okay, so I'm Marisa. I'm depressed. <laughs> and, we're the, <laughs> and we're the Curlmeister sis, sisters. I can't say that right now. And we are asking you guys to stay sleuthy. <laughs>